Tom, I, I think something's wrong with our Skype. This is weird. It's so sharp. It's is this so 4K? I'm 4K gonna... is the future. Ah, oh. I touched you. You as did. My hand didn't pass. He as if you me. were a specter. He touched me, and the ghost of your <laughs> the ghost of my hand died 40 years ago this very night. Yeah, we're we're in the same room. This is the first. This isn't a live episode. I almost called it no, a live episode. No. Uh, this is, this, hey listeners, uh, you may notice that there's a lot more crosstalk in this episode. Oh yeah. Because we're in the same room for the first time ever for this podcast. Yep. Mm. And this podcast is media majors and what we do is, I'm Tom Lockney. I'm Liam Senior. And we each tell a story from our preferred medium, I like games and internet culture. I like movies, TVs. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that you have the first story this week. I do. All right. Hit, hit me with some juicy nugs, Liam. So, how much do you know about a guy named Stephen Bochco? I know that his name is Stephen Bochco, and that I, I learned about it. him two seconds ago. Nice. Yes. Stephen Ronald Bochco, born December 16th, 1943, is an American television producer and writer. Mm-hmm. He's developed a number of television series that have brought him some critical acclaim. He's a story editor on Columbo. Story editor is like the lowest paid writing position. Uh, under that would be writer's, writer's assistant, then a story editor where you're on the staff, but you're not a co-executive producer, Okay. and you work your way up. So story editor for Columbo and Ironside, two huge shows, and because of that, he was able to create his own show. He created Hill Street Blues and L.A. Law, which were both fucking huge for ABC. In fact, they did so well that he was offered a 10-series deal with ABC. Oh, my God. That's big. That's big. Yeah, that's huge. One of these series that he created was called Cop Rock. Do you know about Cop Rock? Is it about a cop who is a boulder? A Broadway producer approached Bochco at a party and had asked if there was a way they could adapt Hill Street Blues to Broadway. Unfortunately, that wouldn't be practical, Bochco thought. So he had to decline. <laughs> Why on earth do you think that? Well, but here's the thing. The idea stuck with him. Oh. And he thought to himself, if I couldn't bring my cop show to Broadway, what if I'll bring <laughs> Broadway to my cop show? This is like this is like when somebody Tom... whispers a forbidden like evil word in your ear and you remember it and it drives you mad, isn't mm-hmm. it? The idea was that it would be a series. <laughs> It's a it's an hour long musical cop procedural. <laughs> so the wait, so the entire thing is a musical. It's not just like oh, I'm gonna put a musical episode in my no. Oh, oh my god. Okay, the whole, the whole show. A real like a real Lin Manuel Miranda. No, more, <laughs> like like so far off because here's the thing, Tom. He is not a musician. He is not a songwriter. He is not a singer. So did he have the good sense to hire somebody who was? He hired Randy Newman. Oh! Oh, no! But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Randy, no! Yeah, 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 yeah. So now this actually had been done before. There's a show in England called The Singing Detective on the BBC, and it's considered one of the greatest shows to come out of England. It's all about mental deterioration and this detective who's, like, gone crazy and is reimagining all these... 
crimes and it's like very influenced by Philip Marlowe mm. and there's also like there's like four layers to it well, and he's meta breaking and it's very very experimental and like most people who do television in England are like, no, the singing detective is like the reason I got into television. I mean, I remember um, a Scrubs episode that was similar where a woman was suffering from some sort of brain hemorrhage and yep. was interpreting the world as was, a musical. That was written by uh, Tony Award winning composer Roberto Lopez, yeah, who would a... go on to do Avenue Q and Frozen. Well, that makes a ton of sense. It's a mm -hmm. great episode. But the thing about the singing detective is that they used popular songs. They used already, like, songs that had already existed. So this is Kids Bop. No, 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 no. Singing Detective did that. Oh, Singing Detective. So the good one did that. Cops Bop. Cops Bop. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, Cops Bop. <laughs> Just white cops, like, singing North North. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from the city, uh, what's a skinny carry strong heat, Northside Long Beach, Northside Long Beach. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Nate Dogg's still here because of people like me, and, uh... Mm -hmm. Police still scared. We're not scared of Vincent. I'd really like it if Vince Staples had a friend who was just like a, a wise cop that used to like, Now, Vince, you get home before the sun goes down. I know how your mom worries about you. <laughs> Vince Staples, if you listen to this, uh, I want to pitch a show where you and a cop are roommates. <laughs> oh, so the reason I bring up the uh, singing detective, Bochco wanted to write original music. And people would always bring up the singing detective when he make the, when he was making this, and he would say, you know, I'm not really influenced by that. And then he said he also trashed the creator of the show, the singing detective, because Classy. he was very rude to me on stage once when he was dying of pancreatic cancer. <laughs> that asshole. That asshole. I'm glad he's dead. What a fuck nugget. <laughs> How dare his organ that helps you break down food break down on him, causing me duress. Listen, I know you're suffering from the worst possible form of cancer, but <laughs> can you be nice to me? I made Doogie Hauser. Stephen Bochco would later go on to make Doogie Hauser. Oh, good. good, good. Do you know what that is? No, I don't. That's the show where Neil Patrick Harris starred as a child who was a doctor prodigy. It's about oh. a kid doctor. So that's where he came from. That's, that's why in Harold and Kumar they talk about Doogie Hauser. Oh. No one at ABC uh, thought Cop Rock would work, including Bob Eager, who was the who steerheaded Bochco's ten series agreement. So imagine you've got this Wunder kid, two great series <laughs> under his belt. No, three, because he already done Doogie Hauser by this time. And then he comes up to you and says, "All right, I know you just gave me this ten series deal. I want to do a musical cop show." Oh, that's like that's. Don't like... worry, Randy Newman is helping me with the music. <laughs> That's like when Kanye, Kanye found designer and was like, yo, this kid is fucking fire. He made designer. Like, I'm going to feature you. He made Panda. Or, yeah, he made Panda. I'm going to feature you prominently on my new record. And <laughs> just did the one song he already made. Yeah, I'm going to rep the fucking shit out of you. Hey, what do you want to do next, designer? Oh, you know what, Kanye? I think I'd like to release an album of, of unfinished, <laughs> unmixed songs. How does that sound? How does that treat you? How's that taste, Timmy Turner? God damn it! Isn't designer. that one of his songs? Yes. Timmy, Timothy Turner. Timothy Turner, and his and his fairly he's, odd parents. He's gonna spend the rest of his life going, okay, for the last time, I've got broads in Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> Randy fucking Newman did the theme music, so he awesome. Randy Newman. Wait, the shut team. up. Let's do our best Randy Newman impression. Can you go right first? Now. I need to. I'm actually I actually do Randy Newman, so I need to. Like, all right, all right. Feed me, feed me a line. That's what I need. Uh, just say, I love L.A. I love it. I love L.A. 
Hi there, monster, no one to hurt you. Randy Newman only need directions to Pixar Studio to make no music. I like potatoes. You sound like Eduardo from Foster Soap for Imaginary Friends. Also, fun fact, two impressions I can do great is Eduardo from that show, Potatoes. And, uh... Coco from that show. You don't watch Foster Home for Imaginary I, Friends. I was not allowed to. Ah, I can do those two impressions and one character from Futurama. I remember Let's Blue this. Mm. That's all I remember. Can't do Blue. Although, fun fact, the guy who does the voice for Blue, he's he's black dude, and his whole thing in the voice acting world, how he like got his foot in the door, mm-hmm. is he was the... Um, he's like Owen, he does Owen Wilson, a really good Owen Wilson impression. Oh. So he would do like Owen Wilson-y type stuff when they couldn't get Owen Wilson. Is <laughs> <laughs> this crazy black guy. With, like, well, that's like when them. they get Tom Hanks' brother for his Chet Hayes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to do. A lot of people don't know that Tom Hanks' son is also his brother. It's a crazy Chinatown Faye Dunaway thing going on. Don't worry about it. So, oh. I love LA. I love it. <laughs> That's my Randy Newman. Show people got no reason. I can't really do it. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> it's a Newman off. Uh, so Randy fucking Newman did the theme music. He also wrote five songs uh, that were used in the show. We'll get to one of them because it's one of my favorite things in the world. So I have another podcast that is not out yet, but will be soon, uh, called Musty TV. And the whole thing with that is we watch the first episode and the last episode of a TV series. And in the uh, the second unaired pilot we did for that show, <laughs> we watched Cop Rock for it. So I've seen the first episode and the last episode of Cop okay. Rock. So we're going to talk about that. That's a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. You have no idea. So the theme... Sequence. The opening credit sequence. It's a theme. There's Randy Newman being like, it's the world out there, and my name's Randy. That was the worst one yet. Oh, wow. Newman. Uh, um, it is him playing the theme song with his studio band while the cast, as the actors, not the characters they play, just watch Randy Newman play the theme song. Like, that's the opening credits. That is They're petrifying. not in uniform. They're just in street clothes. That is petrifying. That is some clickhole shit. Yeah. It really is. Mike Post uh, was the guy who did most of the music. <laughs> Wait, so before we go to that, this is Steven Bochco. I have some Bochco quotes. This is him pitching the idea to Randy Newman. We sat in a room and I told him my concept and he said, you're crazy. It'll never work. And I talked him into it anyway. It was amazing working with him, though. And we've been friends ever since. You know, Randy's a genius. I think he's one of the great songwriters of our time. And he wrote five beautiful, wonderful songs. He won an Emmy, in fact. He, he got the only positive recognition that anybody got for the show. But he wasn't really involved in the series. He just did the five songs for the pilot. Mike Post produced all the music, and he did a great job. Newman would constantly harass Mike Post for being a jingle musician. <laughs> <laughs> so during this recording, Randy Newman would just be a total fuckwad to the guy doing the actual music. There were three songwriters for the show, and one of them had the first name Brock. So this is like the cream of the crap we were dealing with. These yeah, were yeah. not Broadway people and either. He, and he kept chasing down Nurse Jenny, which, oh, it was oh, horrible goodness. for production. Had no eyes and a Vulpix, even though he's the rock gym type. I don't get it. That's weird. This is Bachka Gun. It was great fun, but it was also a clusterfuck. Hey, but that's a contradiction. <laughs> Hey, dude, you can't, oh man, how's the party last night? Oh my God, it was the best time of my life and I wanted to die the entire time. 
Uh, it was great fun, but it's also clusterfuck because I think we had like five writers for the show, and then we had five or six songwriters or whatever it was, and then Mike Post was there too. So these story <laughs> meetings would be dozens of people. <laughs> but but we, as we worked through our stories, we'd ask the songwriters to identify which scenes they thought could translate musically because we wanted the songs as much as possible, not just to be songs, but to actually advance the story. The, story. the songs are terrible. In the pilot, the first song... I just want to say really briefly, Bochco Quotes is my favorite Boney Bear album. Mm. I like Bochco Quotes. I like I Built This Bird Nest Myself. I like um, one, one, nine, a hundred, a hundred thousand, two thousand, um, and then seven. For Emma, forever ago. Sorry about the plums I ate in the icebox. <laughs> Baby shoes never worn for sale. It's my favorite one. Uh, I'm also a big fan of his uh, long play e- EP, uh, Bony Bear, the Bony Bear Show. <laughs> I realized that a long play EP would be an LP EP. Yeah. Yep. Didn't realize that. And nice. then, of course, who can forget his uh, great single, We Are the Bony Bear, <laughs> in parentheses, <laughs> Do the Dinosaur. Oh, fuck. I like how his new album is called 20 to a Million, which is how I imagine, like, him poorly counting. Like, hey, Justin. Ha- <laughs> Justin, how many guitar picks do you have? I don't, I don't know. know. One, two, 20 to a million. <laughs> fuck. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so. <laughs> I'm gonna look all back. Oh, this my is God. Great. So, in the pilot, the first song, they're about to bust some very black drug dealers. And the first song is a rap for the cops against the drug dealers. Like the most 80s rap, like, here we are. We are the cops. What you gotta do, you better stop. And it's like that. Yeah, bad. whoa, Luke yeah, Cage, yeah. Method Man, you <laughs> thought you had some good shit. Well, look out. Cop Bops is coming at you. Cop. I love Cops Bop. <laughs> so, it's about like. Five or six cops. They're, it's really unmemorable, and it's hard to remember who's who. None of them are good singers. Good. Um, so, so it's just an ocean of Russell Crowe's and Les Mis. Basically. And one of the songs that Randy Newman wrote is sung by... Oh, no. Do they not have a picture of him from the show? <gasps> oh, that sucks. Okay. So, it's, uh, so one of the songs that Randy Ru- Newman wrote is called She Chose Me. It's sung by, no, it doesn't look, I need to get a good picture of him to show. She chose me. You're very close. By the way, you're doing more Louis Armstrong. Skies are blue. Hey, white guys, don't do that. <laughs> so imagine this guy, but younger and like lumpier. Listeners, Google okay. Ron McClarty. So he's one of the characters. He's married to well, one no, of the no, cops. No. Don't Google Ron McClarty. Imagine in your head what you think a man named Ron McClarty <laughs> would look <laughs> like. Very close. Yeah. So it turns out that's Ron McClarty now. But 20 years ago, he looked like a sentient pile of mashed potatoes with a hairpiece. And he... Well, I'm wet. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're about to... Hold on a sec. So he has a song called She Chose Me. And it's about how his wife, who is one of the cop rock cops chose him an ugly quasimodo of a man out of all of the other people and we're sitting there just like well this is horrifying to watch because this is like an ugly man going i'm real happy my pretty wife chose me randy newman <laughs> this is uh-huh. like this is like every kevin james tv show and movie mm-hmm. now where it's just jokes about how fucking fat he is but that's not what the song but the song is like somber and like really melancholic and like she chose me and like he's glad about this but here's the kicker 
throughout the series, she's constantly cheating on him. Oh, God, no! But here's another thing. This is a set, the second song in the pilot. He's not a cop. <laughs> He's not a major character in this. Oh what? None of the cops have sung yet in the show. It's ridiculous. I would highly recommend we you look up. You know what? Fuck it. We'll edit this out, but we need to watch this. Yeah, you're going to oh, show me some of this. There's also a song a junkie sings to her uh, dying baby called The Sandman's A-Comin'. Here's the fun take. The Here's baby th dies. The baby, I think the baby dies. But oh my God. in during the shoot, the real baby made like a funny face and the woman singing it while singing it started <laughs> smiling. And then when they were done, she went to the director and goes, hey, we need to redo that. I started smiling. <laughs> Guess what his response was? No, we got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> during her sequence, a regular Ed Wood. During her sequence, you can see her smile. Because professionalism is the most erotic part of the body. <laughs> so everyone, please go look up She Chose Me, Cop Rock. I love you. I'm not kidding, right? He looks like mashed potatoes. He does. He looks like the elephant man. <laughs> this is one of the five songs Randy Newman wrote. He looks like, um, I saw a TV movie adaption of a Junji Ito manga called Long Dream, where this guy starts gonna kill himself yeah, that one song day. goes on for another two minutes of sad sack mctato face singing about how his wife who is constantly having an affair with another cop during the whole show oh my god yeah dude yeah oh, dude that is that is rough stuff Liam. uh one song has a grown adult saying to another grow dunk i want to i want grow dunk <laughs> listen one song has a grown adult Wait, saying I'm, to another I'm grown dunk listen 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 <laughs> One song has another grown adult saying to another grown adult, I want to go bumpity bump with you. <laughs> I'm talking about doing it, obviously. I'm, I'm, gro I'm Grodunk. I'm Randy Newman's brother. I want to go bumpity bump on you. My name is Potato Newman. Randy, let me be in your show. <laughs> Randy, you swear to my songs, it's nice to be your friend. Randy, swear to me. <laughs> Randy, I want more tasty bucket of fish. Randy, feed me all that sloppy fishy goodness through a straw. Oh, Jesus. My name's Tater Newman. <laughs> <laughs> my name's Tater Grodunk Newton. Tater Grodunk Newton. I like... I like to put rocks in my mouth, but I'm not allowed to swallow them. Good, you die. So the finale is a fiasco. <laughs> really? A fiasco. Do you ever wonder to yourself, hey, what did Cheryl Crow do before she was famous? No. She is an extra in one scene where the women of the police force do this whole thing where they go undercover to find a rapist. And they're going to like, we're going to go undercover. It's the early 90s and we're wearing clothes. That's like basically the song. Oh my God. Well, first I want to show you just a clip that says cop rock songs. I'm not racist, but. I want you to know that uh, I'm the last one. 
highest person in the world to judge somebody by his car. What's color got to do with anything? Uh oh. Oh. I hope you don't mind. Yeah. A word to the wise. Oh no. Man to man. Uh oh. Friendly advice. I mean, it takes all kinds. I really don't like blacks. What? What? Huh? Isn't the parking girl a white guy? Yeah. I say a man's a man. Unless he's black. But some folks just never gonna understand. My race is justification. Really don't like them when they're different than I am. <laughs> Get them out of my apartment building on low speed lifts. Alright, this is bullshit. That is like that is like a mere stone's throw away from a Pearl Jam yeah, song. Seriously. Oh, come on, where is it? Well basically it's a bunch of women being like, We're gonna stop the rapist. They don't. They're never mentioned or seen from again. And Joel oh. Crow's in that <laughs> oh, scene. That's frightening. I know. Well that's <laughs> that the thing. Is... They catch the rapist by doing this whole farcical thing where they make the rape victim run into the rapist at the police officer so she can identify him. And whoa. it's like, a, it's, it's literally like, a, whoa, 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 I dropped all this orange juice, like, type of farce. Oh, God. Oh, it's so good, dude. But that's, that's nothing. Then there's also a cop who, like, comes back after being racist and corrupt, and the whole team is like, stand defiant, now united. And I just wanted to fucking shoot myself. Oh, my God. But that doesn't even come close to the ending. It's a Stephen Bochco on the ending. I don't know if I'd call that ending cathartic, but it just seemed to me at the time that as long as we were being bold, we might as well go all the way. I mean, it wasn't like we were suddenly going to turn our fortunes around at the last minute. They had been canceled by this point. Okay. The last scene is a song called We're All, we're All Gonna Ride Again Someday, and it features the cast as themselves, completely breaking character, Okay. talking about how much fun they had on the show and how sad they are that it's going to get canceled. This is in the ending of the show. Oh my so God. we see a bunch of cops and then cut to, where am I here all my cop buddies? Why are they talking about singing? Wait, are they, are we outside the show? And then they start singing their goodbye song and then they're like, it's not over till the fat lady sings. And then a fat lady descends from oh, the ceiling singing. My... Bochco takes total credit for coming up with that idea. Bochco's a fucking idiot. Jesus Christ. That's astounding. Mm -hmm. But Is here's it? the thing. It doesn't like flow into it. It literally just hard cut, hard cut? now show's done, we're in the real world. Oh, oh like, okay. Which That's a bit abrasive. Brings you back to the fucking opening credits. Like Jesus. Break out a little bit of KY at least, Bochco. I know, yeah, don't <laughs> Maybe play with my nipples and neck a little bit first before you just jam on. Yeah. A little bit of foreplay before we go meta with this shit. Yeah, at least lick your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to see Steven Botsko lick his fingers, actually. Yeah, me neither. So the cast fucking loved the show and loved working on it. All of them have nothing but like good things to say about it. Even Lumpy McTato had. <laughs> Even Tater Grodunk Newman. Even Tater Grodunk Newman. I like it because they're singing. <laughs> Shut up, Grodunk. Back in the cage I keep you in. Uh, one of the actresses uh, is quoted saying, it was very much poised to be phenomenal. <laughs> 
fuck you. So it was a shock that people turned it into a giant joke and responded like, this is the worst show ever created. I was like, really? Is It's that bad? Yes, it is. <laughs> I felt like I did a fine job. No, you didn't. I tried hard. Could have tried harder. And I didn't feel embarrassed about my work or the show at all. Oh, you should. <laughs> <laughs> really, really should. Everyone who's part of the show should be super embarrassed that they were a part of it. It is embarrassing, mortifying, unintentionally hilarious, shameful, cringy, just cringy as sure. fuck. Yeah. Racist. So oh, racist. Oh, God. So I didn't really get the sense that, that it was going to be this huge joke. That was the hardest part. I was actually bummed out that people didn't like it. That was sad to me. <laughs> and the worst part is, a lot of them are like, you know, we really paved the way for Glee and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And I'm like, no, you fucking didn't. Like, those were made because they had people who had a singular voice and, like, an idea and had fucking musical background. Like, listen, Ryan Murphy, shit on him if you want. Glee was what it became what it was. That first season is really solid. And there's a lot of great musical sequences in it because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. These guys didn't know what they were doing. You don't write yeah, also, a song. Also, that's a, that's a musical television show about a Glee club, about not a about Glee club. cops. And Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is she's insane. That's the whole point. That's why she sings all the oh, time. okay. She's, like, supposed to be a crazy person. Yeah. No one cool was in it except uh, Ghostbusters star Ernie Hudson is a judge in one episode. I bet Ernie fucking crushed it with those golden pipes. Oh, you didn't sing. Oh. There is a part we'll where... Know. There is a part where there's a song called Guilty, or, like, Verdict or something, and the jury is in choir robes by the end of it. Oh, good. Uh, Bochco created Doogie Howser and NYD and, uh, af- uh, during this. And then after this, he created NYPD Blue, which was super huge. Yeah. And it's the reason we have super gritty cop shows. Oh, I should say, Bochco's the reason that we have law shows and cop shows. He was the first person to do that. Mm. He says he's winding down in TV involvement. He's pretty much nothing on anymore. Uh, he feels that his tastes and fashion and sensibilities don't mesh with the current landscape. Okay. There have been two other musical shows attempted by ABC. One was Gallivant, which, although somewhat successful, was not as much as they wanted to. And the other was, I think, called, like, Rock On, and it was not good at all. Oh, God. There's a guy singing a song on escalators, and it's all over the place. That sounds like that movie musical that was all about classic rock. Do you remember that a while ago? Uh, are you talking about, talking about the Tom Cruise vehicle, Rock of Ages? No, no, no. I'm talking about the song uh, or the <clears throat> the movie where CBGBs. the kid ends up writing Don't Stop Believing. Yes, Rock of Ages. Rock of Ages. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it sounds like that. It's the movie where Alec Baldwin and Russell Brand fuck. Not on screen, but like, oh they're gay Oh my together. God, that's right. I just threw up in my pants. I saw that, line from that in the theaters. It was it. It was it. It was at Shahala. Ah, there you go. Yeah. All right, Liam. Well, I think that was a wonderful story. Thank you. It's time that we heard a uh, word. We got to pay the piper from our sponsors. And Who's, this week, yeah? we're sponsored by Loot Crate. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hold on. Did we get a real sponsor? I know what you're thinking. And it's not that Loot Crate. They're uh, working on their branding. Loot Crate, every every month, mm-hmm. yeah, if you pay their subscription fee. Okay. They will send you... Do I have to pay the subscription fee? Well, a deal can be arranged. You have to... They will send you a box of stolen goods. Ooh, okay. I'm yes. <laughs> yes. Like, are these personal artifacts from people? Uh, yes, personal artifacts Unreplaceables? from people. Unreplaceables? Like Hurricane Matthews photos? about to come in, so Ooh. they're going to get a big shipment. Color me Haitian. <laughs> uh... Do you, are you in need of an old CRTV? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. All, all the time. Can I get like 
uh, unreplaceable family heirlooms and photos? Is that part of it? Oh, for sure. Love it. Can I use it to blackmail the family into getting whatever I want out of them? Well, if they recorded the address of places they took from, you sure you sure would be able to. This is fantastic. So how does it work? Well, they, they and their team, they and their special team of um, cat burglars yes some cat burglars well wait a minute are these the same trio of women that were in the movie the bling ring is this the group of people who would go and rob kim kardashian's house and whatnot yes it is it's them it's it's, it's them the, it's them and whoever petty thieves they can hire off the street off craigslist off of craigslist as well yes and they'll go into places like best buy are you really oh. really what this is are you looking for lower prices okay. from major outlets the, okay this is the internet equivalent of a guy outside of a speaker store yes exactly he's gonna take me to his van to buy like cds speakers. would yes. you like would you like cds you want for that uh, flying burrito brother cd it's very good i don't want that sir <laughs> your breath is all sorts of different would you like Is that would curry you like, and salsa? Would you like TV Mart at a marked down price? Would you? Oh, maybe maybe that Xbox. Would you like a PS Vita? Do you with want the porn someone else already on it? Oh, I love that. I love that. Would you like someone else's PS4? <laughs> Would you like somebody else's PS4 cloud account and credit card information? I know I would. Well, Lucre can give all of that. To you. To me? To you. Me. And me. With a small subscription fee of $6.99, which can be marked down because they are open to bartering. Yes. And especially if you use the code Media Majors. Exactly. Now, Tom, they sent us a uh, a loot crate, some loot crate loot. So why don't we find oh. it? You kept it boxed up for me. Yeah, yeah, let's... Why don't you grab us two more beers? <laughs> we'll look through this loot crate together. <laughs> Let me open quick it. open it up here and see what's inside. Oh, Wow. I've wow, never the, seen, I've never seen such papery cardboard. It's so strange. It's papery cardboard, and it's full of shredded... The, the packing peanuts are... Are real peanuts. Are real peanuts. That's great. And, and torn up newspaper. Mm. Oh, well, look. Let's this, is the newspa this is all newspapers from when Barack Obama won the second presidential <laughs> election. Oh, well, look at this here. Oh, it's a jailbroke iPhone. Ooh. Oh, man. I've, I've really been looking for one of those. Oh, my God. That it only shows the videotape from the ring. <laughs> That's cool. Here's an old VHS tape. Oddly enough, not the VHS tape from the ring. In fact, some amateur porn. We might now be legally culpable. Tom, that's us. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's just us. Loot Crate, you Luke got us Crate, again. Loot Crate, you got us again. What else is in here? Oh, look. It's Jimmy Hoffa's diary. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Break it open. Dear diary, I like unions, but also I don't like unions. I don't know. Anyways, I'm buried under the Met Stadium. Bye. <laughs> Throw that away. Oh, here we have an old laptop. Oh, oh, that's nice. Wait a minute. I've read a couple creepypastas. We shouldn't go on this old laptop. Oh, we or shouldn't. Or a pedophile is going to fuck my mouth. Whoa. Why well, isn't that all creepypastas? They always start with like every, I found a I found, I found a, an old warehouse. I found this old like wheel. At, oh no, it's covered in cum and blood. Yes. Every creepypasta is a first person account, because that's the scarier. And it's always like, I don't remember how we got to this abandoned warehouse in the outskirts of town. Where's my friend Chris? <laughs> I hope Chris and I Chris was just about to propose to his girlfriend. <laughs> There's only a couple more things here. There's some old Tupperware. There's some old Tupperware <laughs> with food still Ooh! In it. This is Bengalese curry. Ooh. That's a lot of turmeric. 
fan. Look, the smile, a, a printed out picture of the smile dog JPEG. <laughs> oh, and look. How at, beautiful. And look at this. It's, oh, Liam. Yeah. Asking you shall receive. Mm? It is an old family portrait <laughs> of a, a really beautiful, a really it's beautiful. It's the Travoltas. It's a really beautiful, I was about to say, a beautiful white family at the Scientology Museum. It's the Travolta. Well, this is, thank you, Loot Crate. Oh, man. Thank you, Loot Crate. Remember, use the code MEDIUMAGERS. You can put that in on their Craigslist page. Or just when you walk up to their uh, full van, just say yeah. MEDIUMAGERS and knock, <laughs> knock on the times. door. Yeah. And uh, if you think there are any good creepypastas out there, email me, because I've only read crappy ones. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Liam? Yeah, yes. It's time to learn about a world event in World of Warcraft. Ugh! Stop the ride! I want to get off. Get ready, cause we're gonna get, we're gonna get, we're gonna go deep in the paint with the jargon. We can't talk Blizzard. I'd like, I, I'm away from my Overwatch right now. On September thirteenth, two thousand and five, almost a year after its initial release in two thousand and four, Blizzard releases patch one point seven point for World of Warcraft, which includes an yes. Um. So, this is for the MMO, MMO version of World of Warcraft, yes? Yes. I don't know if you know this, but there is, like, a more Age of Empires yeah, campaign. Yeah, Warcraft 1, 2, 3. It's yeah, really yeah. shitty. Yeah. It's, like, Tom, like, really shit. And, and this... Tom, like, I cannot stress enough. <laughs> really it's shitty? really bad. And this patch includes a new raid called Zul Gurub. For people who don't know what a raid is... A raid is, it's it's a dungeon. It, yeah. You and your friends, you go through a series of challenges that can be puzzles, combat, whatever, and then there's, there's like, bosses, and then at the end you get, like, special items or, or loot, per se. Not, not, a, not, not our old loot. family yeah, portrait that's... of the Travoltas, uh. but... You do get you do you get like special. It looks so clothes. happy before his son dies. <laughs> well, the final boss, Blood God Hakar the Soul Flayer. That's my favorite of the Blood God Hakar series. Uh, the Soul Flayer, the sequel, Soul Flayer Fully Loaded. The sequel, the third one, <laughs> Soul Flayer Goes to Monaco. Well, it's actually my favorite Insane Clown Posse album. Mm. Are you a Are you a Shaggy Two Dope guy or the other one? <laughs> Neither. Neither. They're both. Hey, Insane Clown Posse, if you're listening to this, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, Bl Blood God Hakar the Soul Flayer had a spell called Corrupted Blood, which would continuously drain players of their health. Uh, it's also so, known as AIDS, Tom. The spell Corrupted Blood would drain 250 to 300 points every few seconds. The average player health for the highest level player at that point in time was around 4,000 to 500. Or 4,000 to 5,000. So this spell was pretty fucking devastating. Low, it, would just, it would just gut low-level players. And uh, players could spread this debuff effect like an airborne contagion in that if, if you, an uninfected, were within a certain proximity of an infected, you would get the disease. Have you seen the movie Contagion? No. I it's know. shitty as shit. Yeah, I have no desire to see Only it. good part in it, you get to watch Gwyneth Paltrow, Paltrow die. die. Yep. Hey, Goop. I know that because fuck off. every single podcast Reveal, I've yes. listened to and review has made that joke. Yep. Hey, listen. Maybe, listen. There are two ways to get into the podcast world. Have Paul F. Tompkins appear on your podcast. <laughs> yep. Or make the Contagion joke. Or DuckTales. Like, I feel like if we talk about DuckTales, eventually we get in. Uh, eventually, this 
debuff would wear off over time. However, Mm-mm. there was a special condition that uh, Blizzard did not account for. where Harsh, cold winds. Yes. Players with pets or minions. The yellow ones. Fred, Stu, oh and Bob. Oh, God. I fucking forgot about what Gleeba. minions were for half a second. <laughs> to open your eyes. God. Do you not see the minions onesie I'm wearing? <laughs> I've worn one. Tom. Whoa! Why? Because it was in a Target and I thought it was funny. Oh, okay, that's good. So these pets and minions, they weren't they weren't necessarily glitched, but there was there was a phenomenon that would happen where they could catch the disease as well. Oh no. But Bestiality, you, thy name is Warcraft. If you put them Okay, let me start from the beginning here. Okay, the Big Bang, then dinosaurs, then Warcraft. Pets and minions are little animals that assist you in combat. You can summon them and dismiss them at will. And when you summon Poor them... Poor Will. Yeah. It's, will it's, the animal keeper. It's like Pokemon. <laughs> so many griffins. It's like Pokemon. Like, you can just throw them out in the battlefield, and they'll be there, and then you can put them back in their ball. If it's like Pokemon, is there an ice cream minion I can use? There's an ice cream Pokemon. If His only. name is Vanillite. So, if they contracted this disease and then you dismiss them, putting them back in your Pokeball, as it were, or your satchel, or I don't know where the fuck these things go. My butt. It would freeze the timer on the debuff. Can you Google Pokemon Ball anal beads for me later? I want to see if those exist. Oh, they they, they do. I gotta catch all of them. 151 anal beads. So, if they contracted the disease but were dismissed, they would still retain the effect, but the timer would pause. So when the raid was complete and players went back out into the world, if they summoned their pets in the real overworld, they would spread the disease. And this is what's known as the corrupted blood incident. People, shit just got whack. Shit mm-hmm. just got so fucking whack. Well, because there's a fucking AIDS contain, like there's a fucking contagion in the, in the world of Warcraft. People described walking into in-game locations such as Ironforge and Ogrimmar and seeing it. <laughs> God, l- Ogrimmar in the fall, uh, when the leaves change. Oh, beautiful, gorgeous. Seeing it lit, like littered with hundreds of bodies. Because again, the proximity. So the the pets would get summoned. The mm-hmm. player would get it. Would you say other that the would get bodies it. hit the floor? Yes. Let the bodies hit the floor. And players began... Whoa, Tom, there ain't nothing wrong with me. Players began to react in ways that actually mirrored real-life epidemic scenarios, where, where healers would offer up their abilities to keep players alive. Others would try to avoid the infected. And, of course, because this is World of Warcraft, some people would try to intentionally spread the disease. Reaganites. Uh, that joke didn't make any sense. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was responsible for AIDS being what it is. Yeah. Continue. Well, well Nancy. And also, yeah. Mike Pence started an AIDS epidemic in Indiana because he... Yeah, yeah. Oh, he... he, he um... But, like, was it as big as Reagan was and not, Nancy's It was not national. Okay, it was cool. not national. It was in Indiana. But Mike Pence is... He fucking hates Trump, and Trump fucking hates him. Yeah. God. Hey, also, like, we'll post this in the weekend, in the coming weekend, so, like, don't, don't vote for Trump. Can you guys not? Just like for us. High population towns became in, uh, uninhabited as people fled to the outskirts. And Blizzard actually tried to institute a voluntary quarantine, but that failed. Here's my favorite quote. Occasionally when you go on a Wikipedia dive, mm-hmm. you find some really artful writing in there. You do. And this is my favorite quote from the article in the Corrupted Blood Incident. The major towns and cities were abandoned by the population as panic set in, and players rushed to evacuate to the relative safety of the countryside, 
leaving urban areas filled to the brim with corpses and the streets literally white with the bones of the dead. Damn. Yeah. Because when you die, it's not a permanent thing. Like, your character isn't lost. They die, they leave, like, a skeleton or whatever, and then you, you go on a corpse run and you pick up your loot and shit. Um, makes sense, makes sense. But it's a real pain in the ass, and it's an inconvenience. So it's not like players mm. lost their characters over this. But it was this really fascinating... This is sort of Halloween-themed. I watched Train to Busan, great <laughs> South Korean horror film about zombies. It's more of an action. Anyways, not important. You should see uh, the movie Guitar Wolf made about zombies. You know Guitar Wolf? I don't know. Guitar They're a Japanese um, lo-fi band. Do you know the lo-fi, lo-fi genre? Yes. Yeah. One problem I have with the lo-fi genre, maybe sound better. <laughs> that is a very uh, deep-cut music joke. Yep. <laughs> um, Time's New yeah, Liking. Dude, More dude, like dude, Time's I, New I Liking. Elliot Smith, of course I know what lo-fi is. You know, have you seen my Elliot Smith shirt? It's his face, and then under it, it says Neil Young. <laughs> <laughs> my friend made it for me. It is my favorite thing I own. That's so good. People actually kind of dug this, and, and it ended up influencing, influencing future world events in the game because it was this really fascinating random event where, where everybody was like, whoa, like what the fuck is going on? And then they had to actually like react to it. It wasn't this like gamified, constructed thing. Happy action. And more importantly, it became a model for epidemic research. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, several... What? Uh, yeah. Oh. Hold on. Like, in the real world? Yeah. Here, Here's why. Okay, so several... Oh my god, Tom, how much ecstasy did you put in my beer? Four tabs. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. They come in tabs now? <laughs> oh my god, that's right. I'm thinking acid. Mm -hmm. Never mind. Several epidemiologists, such as Ran Balliser... Oh, he's my favorite. Eric Lofgren... Second favorite. And Nina Pfefferman... Yeah, sex favorite. She's my favorite. She's a woman. Ad advocated for the study of virtual diseases in several academic oh, papers. Wait, hold on. Virtual diseases? Yes. HIV.AIDS. <laughs> Continue. Uh, typically, epidemiologists try to develop public health policies based off of uh, predictive models of a contagion. But these models are purely mathematic and don't account for human behavior and irrationality. Therefore, a, a virtual world still fits a simplified, quantifiable model where there are very like precise measurements that can be pulled, but also allows for human behavior to, to sort of react and push the boundaries of the model. Balliser noted that there were several similarities between the corrupted blood incident and both the avian flu and SARS. Animals held a sil uh, similar role, birds and ducks, pets and minions. What? For SARS, though? I, I, I might be, I don't know. I don't Avian know flu, anything yes. about SARS. And, and there were similar failed attempts at quarantine. Oh my god, I love this. Feverman refers to what she calls the stupid factor. Yep. yep. People, and, and the, she described this as, as um, or in the game, people who, who logged on to gawk at the infected and then became infected themselves. <laughs> the stupid effect. Yeah, the stupid effect. And, and she, uh, Compared that to irrationality in the real human world where people get infected for dumb reasons just by either, like, not being careful or cautious around infected. What do you mean I can't stick random needles I find up my urethra? Um, I want to sound off. <laughs> a needle is thinner to go inside my urethra, Tom. I'm not going to use a fucking wire. I've seen... Uh, Stop. Why are you looking at people doing sounding stuff? Also, fuck, I'm going to have to look at that later.
Blizzard patched out the problem. Oh, for those who don't know, sounding is when you put something into your urethra while you masturbate. You betcha. <laughs> it is. What a ghoulish world we live in. A possible Trump presidency sounding. <sighs> IPAs are so popular. Yeah. I love IPAs. Listen, chase your bliss, but... But like, just be careful with chase your, your urethra. Bliss, be careful be and so don't be careful and, and don't, don't hurt anyone. Donald and don't Trump. Trump. Guys, his hair. Also, his policies. His policies. His policies. <laughs> Blizzard patched up the problem in 1.80 or 1.8.0, but the corrupted blood incident will always be remembered as this this weird, beautiful disaster where the game broke itself and and created this simulacrum. Of, of real life in, in in a wonderful, compelling accident. And that's my story. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird that, like, they were able to figure out some stuff that goes into real-world medicine yeah. from a video game disease. I mean, it's all it's all math anyways. And games games do something that, that statistics can't. This is, like, a problem with... 538 nate silver's thing yeah where where he is he and his company is completely based around these statistical models and by the way a big problem i have with him and and his company is that he presents like every statistical statistical possibility as, as fact like, as fact yeah which is just to not be fair he did accurately predict the last two elections to also be fair both of the elections had obama and like i know it's biased but like, yeah. You're gonna, well, it's you're the it's the stupid win. factor. It's stupid it's, factor. it's irrationality, and there and there there are, you can't just don't feel you can't Trump. always you can't always quantify human behavior, Not and that's what's politics, so. But like, do you think he'll win? I go back and forth every fucking day, man. I'm just wait. I don't. All I know, all I know is I'm registered to vote. Mm. I'm gonna do my best. Look at that. Look at that. It's like poetry. It rhymes. Quote George Lucas. Quote George Lucas. Yeah. Really? Yes. That's amazing. All right. Plugs? Plugs. Mom. Usual shit. Usual shit. Chaboy. Got some new stuff coming out? I'm starting work on uh, an analytical video of Dead Rising in comparison with its biggest influence, George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead, uh, and, and sort of the satirical elements that play through both of them. You should watch Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead also. I've seen it. It's, it it's that's really the second good. movie I saw by choice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, I, like, I like that one a lot. It's, yeah, it's, James it's Gunn maybe his best. <laughs> it is without. So, uh, I, I make analytical videos on games. Check out Chaboy Explains. Inside, uh, Liam and I have uh, upcoming Pokemon Uranium Let's Play. Shall Nuzla. we play Uranium? Shall we play Uranium? Coming up soon, you can follow me on Twitter, Loch Ness Monster, L-O-U-G-H-N-E-S-S-M-O-N-S-T-R. Fuck, I hate my last name. Uh, <laughs> it's um, better than fucking senior. I write about games. I just, I, and, and TV in general, I just put out a oh, I saw a piece on about something. Luke Cage. That's it. And, and how that, that show has a real villain problem. And not in the way that people think it does. Mm. People people think that it's like, oh, like too many villains, and they just introduce one. I don't like hip hop. So. But <laughs> okay, I was I was gonna say I was <laughs> like, because you gave me shit about avalanches. Yeah, um, they're not hip hop. They're white people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me be. Yeah. I'm not racist, but I'm not racist, but white people 
I can think of four white people who are good at hip hop. Macklemore, 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 Macklemore. Eminem and the Beastie Boys, but yeah. It's it's about it's about how the first villain is like actually racially or not racially motivated, but is his motivations come from his race, and the second guy is just pissed off that he's Jon Snow in Harlem. Anyways, look up Luke Cage has a villain problem. Thomas Lockney. I have a Twitter. You can follow it. You can find it. It's O H underscore H A I underscore Liam. Uh, I do boys' night videos on YouTube. We're in a bit of a hiatus because we're all back in school and doing other shit. Um, but we will. You know, there's still funny videos on there. Uh, November fourth, Bad Fear Fest. I wrote a play with my girlfriend called Junk. Guys, just got all the props today. We're doing a read through on Monday. It's really fun. It's a parody of uh, fast food employee videos. Uh, it's really weird. It's part of Bad Theater Fest. We're in a really great slot with um, the, one of my close friends who rec- who previously did the disembodied hand that fists everyone to death, and that got picked up and is playing all over New York. So go see that. I might as well plug that. All my friends are in it. Um, but we're part of that, and that guy's show, the disembodied fisting hand show, he has a follow-up called Pop Punk High School that we're in the same block as. So like Friday, November 4th, look up Bad Theater Fest. It's going to be a really good time. Oh, and we have an upcoming live show that we're just like, you know, keep 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 an eye out for it. We're going to figure everything out. I don't I don't think a lot of people who aren't our friends will want to come, but yeah. uh, it is a thing. We're in the room where it's going to be. That's yeah. it for now. Follow Media Majors Cast uh, on Twitter.com, Media Majors Podcast at gmail.com if you want to tell us how bad we are uh, or or if you love us too. That's good. Uh, also, if you have ideas, like, we, we have a huge list of story ideas. Like, don't worry, I have yeah. 43. I'm sure you have an insane number also. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, But if there's anything, you know, that you are like, oh, you guys got to look up this story or something, like, feel free to interact with us, really. Like, please, we'd love if we knew that people listen to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be super cool. Cool. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Media Majors. Yeah, seriously. Thank you guys. We love that you listen to us and yeah. we honestly love doing this though. Hopefully by episode like 309, we'll have a decent <laughs> fan base. Yeah. Uh, and, and remember, David we'll Schwimmer isn't you. real. <laughs> <laughs>